0: Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with 0-60 to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely.
1: 517, do you want to report a UFO over? Negative,
2: we don't want to report. Aries 31, do you wish to report a UFO over?
3: We want to report one of
1: those either. Uh, Ares 31, do you wish to file a report of any kind of
3: it? I would know what
1: kind of report to file, sir. Uh, Ares 31, uh, me neither.
0: Number 71, Papa Golf, Good.
3: there was anybody that's, uh, above us to pass us like 30 seconds
0: ago. Number 71, Papa Golf, negative.
3: Okay. Off a UFO. Yeah. <laughs> it's murdering 295. Yeah, something just passed over. It's so, uh, like, I don't know what it was, but it's at least 2,000, 3,000 feet above us. So yeah, I passed right over the top of us. 911. You guys busy? Did we just called them off the vehicle as mm-hmm. They're out there
1: taking yeah. airplanes.
3: Okay. Bob, I swear to God, four calls in on an unidentified object over liberty. Four calls? Four calls on an unidentified flying object. All right, Bob,
2: All right, we'll check it out. Welcome to UFO Chronicles, a place where people share their experiences of the strange and unexplained. If you've had an encounter and would like to be on the show, you can email me at UFO Chronicles at gmail.com Hello and welcome to the show, everyone, wherever you are listening. We have Chloe coming on in a moment, but first, if you have a story you'd like to share, maybe you work or have worked in the military, and if you wish to remain anonymous, that's not a problem, or maybe you work for the National Park Service, or even a long-distance lorry driver. If you have something you want to share with us, you can email me at ufochronicles.com at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter, at UFO Chronicles uk. It doesn't matter how you contact me, just get in contact. Now, on with the show. Welcome to the show, Chloe. Hi. I appreciate you coming on today. Would you like to start with your earliest memories, and walk myself and the audience into what you've experienced in your life, please?
3: You want to know about my earliest memories. My earliest memories are... When I was a child, approximately between the ages of four and seven, I had what I believed to be at the time recurring dreams. I would wake up on a flat table in a room with no sharp corners, like all the corners were curved on the walls, and there were beings around the table. Some were at the sides and some were at the bottom uh, near my feet, and they were really short. And they were furry. So in my mind, I always thought of them as as cats for some reason. There was another person or being in the room. It looked like a woman with long, dark hair, wearing a long, white garment. But I never saw her face. So I'm not really sure if it was a woman or not. I had two versions of this that happened. And in one version, I would have the sensation of being tickled. On my whole body with feathers. And in another version, I would have the sensation of liquid being poured on my skin. As an adult, later on, um, being hooked up to an IV, when they start the IV, you have that sensation of like liquid moving through the veins. And it was similar to that, but I didn't have any point of reference as a child. Just felt like liquid was being poured on my body. My next memory of the beings uh was walk i i used to have my own website in graphic design business and i was working on a page for a client one day and i had screwed up the html coding somewhere and it was throwing the entire page off and i'd gone through it over and over again and finally in frustration just got up went to the kitchen to get something to drink came back in and standing next to my desk was an eight-foot-tall, blue, holographic, insect-looking being. It was kind of surprising. Um So I stopped for a second, but I didn't feel anything negative from it. And I couldn't really believe that it was there. So I went and sat back down to my desk. And then I heard in my mind where my error was, the coding. And I went and looked where it told me. And there was, and I fixed it and I said thank you. And I asked what I should call the being, and the response was, You can just call me blue. And I know we talked for a little bit after that, but I don't have any memories of anything else that was said. The next memory I have was I was receiving cranial sacral therapy from this, a massage therapist, energy worker. And when she does this, she always closes her eyes because. She's an energy worker and she visualizes um, things. So I'm lying there with my eyes open and suddenly above me, stretched out above me, um, was this beautiful white golden being, And it hovered there and I just felt so much love from it. And then it bent forward and kissed me on the forehead right between my eyes. And I just started crying tears of just pure joy. It was the most amazing, beautiful experience I've ever had. Um, my husband and I, when we lived in Peoria, Arizona, we used to have a beautiful backyard. And we were sitting outside one night talking. and We were getting ready to walk up in the house. And right before we reached the covered patio section, we saw something in the sky. It was probably 50 feet over our house, maybe lower. It was really low. It was a uh, rectangle, and it was like a black with a little bit of brown in it, metal, moving about uh, approximately 25 miles per hour right over our house. And we both just stood here and watched it. It didn't make any sound whatsoever. The odd thing about it is that we didn't really talk much about it at all after after it happened, which I find that interesting. <laughs> The next thing in the same house, uh, um, one night we'd been watching a movie or playing a game or something, the kids were asleep, and we came downstairs to get something to to drink or a snack or something like that. And when we reached the kitchen area, you could see the family room from the kitchen area. And in the family room there were these it was a group of orbs. They were blue in color. They looked like they had energy inside of them. And they were moving together. I mean, they were independently, but they were they stayed together as a group. I asked him, are you seeing this? And he said, yes. What is it? And I said, I don't know. And then suddenly, they darted off to our right, their left, behind a wall where we couldn't see them anymore. The next thing I know, I have this energy from the top of my head all the way down to the base of my spine. And I asked my husband uh, to look at me and he looked over at me I go no look at my back so he came over and he looked at my back and he said my hair my shirt my sweatpants all of them they were being like pulled away from my body then I suddenly had this thing come into my head this thought like he needs to put his arms around you and hold you as tight as he can in order to make it stop so I told him I said come behind me put your arms around me and pull me as tight you as you can so when he did that he said he felt something move from in like the front of my body like right in front of my body through my body like through my abdomen and then felt a force pushing him away that he describes as like a magnetic force pushing him away and then we both felt something slip out from between us and go off to our left um Again, we didn't really talk much about that afterwards. About maybe a week, two weeks later, not really sure how much time passed, I was sitting and working on something on my laptop, and I felt like something entered the room. So I turned back, looked, and I saw maybe three of these orbs, but they were smaller and they were clear. And they just stayed there for, I don't know, just a couple of seconds, long enough for me to register that they were there but then they were just gone. The next time that I felt something, we had moved to the house we're in now. It was probably a few months after we moved in here. I'm not, again, I'm horrible with time. Absolutely horrible. As soon as I laid down in bed, I heard a a snapping like pop sound from the far corner of the room um, away from me. That was to my right in the far corner of the room. And I felt a couple seconds later, this energy. I was startled, so I rolled over, and it stopped. This happened maybe two more times. The same scenario: when I would hear the popping sound, and I would be afraid because I didn't know what I was dealing with, and I would roll over. Well, the fourth time, I'm like, I'm just going to let this happen and see see what you know what plays out. And so the energy started at the base of my spine and went all the way to the crown of my head. And I recognized the energy then. I go, this is the same energy from the orbs, the spheres that were in the family room in the Arizona house. They came back three times and ran this energy from the base of my spine to the crown of my head. And then they never returned like that. Um, Going all the way back, there have been so many paranormal or they might even be connected to these same beings, but I'm not sure. There have been so many things that have happened. Such as um, the feeling like something is walking across the bed near my feet. My husband also feels it, and then it will curl up behind us. We never see anything. Uh, One time I remember I thought it was my cat, which is odd because she doesn't normally go near my feet. But my cat, I heard her over at her food bowl, and I'm like, that's not my cat. And then she came over and jumped up on the bed next to me. So I'm not really sure what this being is. But it might be connected to the being that we sometimes saw. Um, this was maybe five months ago. I'm not really sure. Again, I'm horrible with time. We would see a being dart through like the kitchen area or my bedroom area. That was about, I don't know, maybe two feet tall. And it was very, very thin, really thin, bony arms. It was kind of a brown, light brown tan in color maybe a grayish brown but it would dart through really fast i mean impossibly fast through the kitchen or through the bedroom and one time i actually caught a glimpse of it hiding underneath a bedroom chair in the dark and i just kind of ignored it we had within the past 6 months we had a white orb and i first saw it i was standing at the kitchen sink and i was facing our back hallway and this white little white orb, um, maybe the size of a baseball, came bouncing down the hallway. And I questioned, like, am I really seeing this? Then my husband, he was in the closet area. Well, he was in the closet. And he said he saw something bounce out from behind something and into a shoe. And he said it was a little white orb. He said it felt really playful. Um, my son also saw this and my son rarely sees or experiences anything. So I'm, um, you know, I don't know why it's becoming why it's changing or morphing so that he can now see it, or if he's just becoming more interested in it and that's why he's able to see things. I really don't understand why suddenly past years ago my son has been able to see these things and have these experiences as well. Starting at age probably 19, I started experiencing sleep paralysis, what they call sleep paralysis. Waking up in the middle of the night with something standing next to my bed, being completely paralyzed, unable to move, unable to make a sound. Um, It happened probably twice between the age of 19 and 20, probably one time each year. And then it didn't happen again. until. I was in my thirties and we moved into this house that we're living in and I woke up one night in the middle of the night and there were two beings standing next to my bed and I couldn't move couldn't make a sound from that time on it happened infrequently but it started happening again like another doorway had been open and, and here this phenomenon was happening to me again and um It was just about maybe, probably in 2017, I started questioning what this was that would wake me up in the middle of the night. I was afraid of it. I was absolutely terrified where I'd never been afraid of anything else that had happened like that. I was terrified of whatever this was that woke me up in the middle of the night. I forced myself to, you know, I'm like, you need to pay attention. You need to ask questions. You need to observe better and not be afraid because you're not going to get any more answers if you're just terrified and trying to get out of it. So the last time that it happened, which was probably, I don't know, a year ago, I saw them, I woke up, they were there, I was paralyzed, and it immediately went into this terrified mode. And then I stopped myself and I started asking questions like, where are you from? What do you want? And paying attention to what was, you know, what it looked like. The bean standing right in front of me had a round face and round black eyes. I think it had like a little slit for a mouth, but I didn't really see a lot of facial features. There was no hair, and if it was wearing something, then it was wearing like a white garment of some sort. Standing off to its right, about three feet away from it there was somebody I only saw from the waist down who was wearing black camouflage pants. And I found this to be very interesting because I don't know of any extraterrestrials who would wear black camouflage pants. So that made me very curious. And I'd also noticed that before these events happened, about 15 minutes before 3 in the morning, I would start getting extremely tired, like I had been drugged. I mean, just come over me very quickly, and I would want to go lay down. And if I did, then I would wake up paralyzed and see these beings next to the bed. So now that I have, you know, that I figured out that this sensation comes over me, like I'm being drugged, and that somebody is wearing black camouflage pants, it has stopped happening. So I find that to be rather intriguing. One interesting thing that happened when we were moving from the Arizona house to this house, my husband was still, he went back to Arizona to do final touch-ups to the house to um, get it ready to to sell or to rent whatever we were going to do with it. And so he was there alone. And one day, even having these things at night that were bothering him, and he said something to them i really don't know what he said because i wasn't there but something along the lines of leave me alone um stop whatever because he kept hearing these noises and like something walking through the room or whatever and so one afternoon he was busy doing something in the upstairs bedroom and suddenly all the fire alarms in the house went off at once and he tried to reset things um tried to make it stop and he couldn't. So then he just got out of the house and he was really spooked and he doesn't get spooked by these things. He called me up and told me what was going on. And when he called me telling me about it, the lights in the house here like went out and came back on again. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I said, thanks for letting them know where we are. Um, You know, I was just joking, but who knows? Maybe there's some truth to that. When we lived in the Arizona house, sometimes we would hear clicking sounds in the bedroom at night. And there was, you know, we'd only hear it at night. It wouldn't be every night. And there was no, we couldn't find any source for this noise, this this clicking noise. We have an an electric fireplace, an electric heater. And um, when we first moved in here uh, every night for several nights in a row, this electric fireplace would come on by itself after it happened like three times my husband unplugged it but we have no i mean it never happened before that and since we plugged it back in it hasn't happened since then in the arizona house where there was a lot of activity where the we would see hooded figures down in the downstairs hallway i would see them only the the girls in the house would see them i would see them and My two daughters and my stepdaughter would see these hooded figures roaming around the downstairs hallway. We would see sparks in the air that we always referred to as fairy sparks. They were different colors. I don't know. It was like electricity in the air. When my daughters were really young, they had a, a doll that would talk. And when they were away from school one day, it started talking for no apparent reason. Um... This happened a couple of times. So my husband took the batteries out of the doll and then it happened without the batteries. So then we had to get rid of the doll. <laughs> um, I have had since I was little psychic abilities, starting with I was walking home one day from school. I was in grade school. I was probably eight or nine years old and I heard someone call my name and I stopped and I looked everywhere and there was no one around. Absolutely no one. About a week or two later, I was walking home, and the same voice then talked to me inside of my head and told me I would always be cared for. This voice has stayed with me throughout my life, and it pops in at certain times. I mean, I can go years without hearing from it, and then it'll pop in and give me a warning of something or give me information, or if I have wanted to ask a question, I could somehow contact the source of this voice and ask for guidance or information. I remember before my first husband and I got married, I asked if the marriage would work and the voice said no. And I said, then why am I doing this? And I was told that if I wanted to get where I wanted to be, I had to, you know, marry him in order to to find the person that I was Promised since childhood that I would find. So I had to trust the voice and and marry my first husband. And that that was a very abusive relationship that lasted probably four years. And when we split up about six months later, I was driving home. um, I had just stopped into a little coffee shop and gotten something, uh, a coffee. And I was talking to someone I'd known for a while, but hadn't really ever had a Deep conversation with, and he asked me if I wanted to go and you know see a movie or something. And I said sure, and uh, so we exchanged numbers. And I was on my way home, and it was around the holidays. This was in December. It was December the thirteenth, nineteen ninety six. I was driving home. I was listening to the music. I you know traffic was pretty heavy because the holidays were coming up, and I was thinking about you know what what is this date going to be like? Um, What should we do? And suddenly, in my, it popped into my head, you need to go to your husband's, you know, I'm going to call him Michael. You need to go to Michael's house. I said, there's no way I'm going to go to Michael's house. Michael had been my ex-husband's best friend. He lived right behind us. I wasn't really keen on anyone who was friends with my husband, to be honest, um, because of my, the way my husband and I, the way our marriage had gone. So... I said, there's no way I'm going to Michael. And I said, you give me one good reason why I should go there, and I will. And the boy said, his wife just left him and took the kids. He's going to be alone during the holidays. People often commit suicide during the holidays because of depression. Um, You need to go there and invite him over for Christmas dinner. And I'm like, well, okay, I could totally do that. I mean... That is a really good reason. <laughs> um, so I went over there and I felt really stupid when I was walking up the door. Like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? I knocked on his door and when he answered, he looked totally like defeated. He looked so sad. And I went in and sat down and talked to him. I found out that he hadn't been out of the house since he'd returned from out of state two weeks earlier. I told him, you know, you can't just sit here. You have to go on with your life. Just because she left you doesn't mean your life is over. And I said, why don't you go out and do something with some friends? And he said, well, it's the holidays. Everyone's either busy with working or they're busy doing related activities. And I said, well, you know, I'll do something with you. How about we go play some pool? Because I didn't associate playing pool as, you know, a date. It's just
0: an activity. of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at JoinMIDI.com.
4: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.
2: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.
0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: And he said, okay, how about tomorrow night? I hadn't told him about, you know, running into the sky and setting up a date for the next night. But I said, sure, tomorrow night sounds great. So when I got home and I called this other person, I explained the situation. And he said, oh, I think it's wonderful that you're going to go and do something with him. Um, we can, Because that's no problem. We go out on Sunday. So I said, great. So Michael came and picked me up the next day, um, next evening. And we went out and played pool. We've been together ever since. <laughs> he asked me to marry him 17 days later. We got married two months after that first date became pregnant with my son two months after that. So on Christmas Eve of that year in 1996, Michael and I were in his backyard. We were looking up at the sky and we saw a falling star and we both made a wish. And at that moment, I I was kind of in my head speaking to these beings, whoever I was speaking to. And I said, if this is him, if this is the person you promised me, um, I want a sign I want to see an arrow in the sky and then I just let it go I didn't dwell on I didn't think about it anymore but when we were on our way to get married we were driving um, it was February the 12th we were on our way from the Phoenix area to the Central coast of California I looked up and I saw this perfect arrow pointing toward the crescent moon in the sky and I, I said, do you see that? And he goes, oh, wow. I go, what is that? And he goes, it's a, it's an arrow. I said, a perfect arrow. And he's like, yeah. And then I told him what I'd asked for. And as I was telling him what I'd asked for, the sign in the sky, <laughs> um, it just disappeared. And people always ask me, well, was it a cloud that just looked like an arrow? And no, it, it definitely was not a cloud that looked like an arrow. It was an arrow, like my husband describes it as like an arrow you would see painted on, on the street, just this straight line, perfect arrow. I had one experience with telekinesis. This must have happened when I was 11 years old. Um, my aunt and uncle and my cousin and my two second cousins, one of which who was just a year younger than me, um, came to visit during the holidays, and my second cousin who I was really close to, who I'll call Brie, wanted to stay over at my house. And I said, yeah, of course I want you to stay over at my house. So we both shared my twin canopy bed. And back then in the seventies, we had available to purchase these little, I don't know, maybe 18 inch high plastic lit up Christmas trees that you could decorate and I, of course, had one and it was down on uh, maybe a dresser near the foot of my bed. And when we woke up in the morning, I had, you know, decorated with various things. There was a little elf ornament. And I asked my cousin, my second cousin, um, if she wanted to see the elf move on the tree, climb the tree. And she said, yes. And so I focused on it and the elf climbed to the top of the tree and then back down again. And she was really excited, and she asked me if I could do it again. So I did it again, and then I did it a third time. And then my mother came in and told us it was time for breakfast, and, and that was over. Um, <laughs> I remember I was washing my hands, and I don't know why I remember washing my hands when I was thinking this. i It's strange that I remember I this sensation of washing my hands. And telling them that I didn't want to have that ability because I was afraid I would hurt myself or someone else. I mean, I was 11 years old and I didn't feel like I was responsible enough to have that type of gift. So I I don't have it. But my first husband and my current husband would probably tell you that I still manipulate objects even without trying when I get really angry but I don't know if it's true or not. It's just maybe it's a coincidence that things have happened when I've been very angry or maybe there's something to it, but I don't take responsibility for that. Um, <laughs> when my daughters were, I don't know, four or five, five and six. I'm not really sure when my first husband wanted to take them camping up and to Payson, Arizona. We were living in Glendale, Arizona at the time. And I said, you know, sure. I've, That's fine because they love to go camping. And then one morning I woke up with this vision of his car going off the side of the road and like flipping at least twice uh, down the side of this mountain. They're dead. You know, there's at least some of them are dead. So I called him up and I said, I asked him which way he was planning on going. I said, are you going D line highway? Because it was the fastest. Way to go from where we were living to Payson. He said, Well, yes, of course. And I begged him not to go and I told him about this vision I'd seen. And he actually listened to me and he drove an extra half an hour there, extra half an hour back just to go down the main highway, which was I believe I 17. On the way back from Payson at nighttime, both of his back tires blew out and he swerved on the road, but he He was able to get over to the shoulder and drive somewhere to call us so we could kind of pick them up. Had he been on Beeline Highway, which at that time was a two-lane road, he would would have been on the outside lane, and had that happened and he had swerved, he would have gone over the side of the road and gone down the mountain. So, you know, at least he, he learned to listen to me because of things that had happened when we were married. My first husband used to call me a witch because of things that I would know somehow without, you know, just I would know. I would have a knowing about things. And he would, I think he was kind of freaked out about it, actually. In 1996, my husband returned to Arizona from California to receive a treatment. Um, it was a Solumedrol IV injection. It was a treatment for his multiple sclerosis, which had caused a huge lesion to form on his brainstem. He went into the hospital, and the IV was supposed to be uh, set for a 12-hour period. And instead, the infusion was incorrectly written down to be given in a two-hour period. In a little over an hour, my husband blacked out and then flatlined. He remembers going out of his body, and he saw a creature in the room In the corner of the room, and it had like a, he describes like a sewer cap behind it that was like a burnt copper black color. Creature itself was very thin, uh, really bony arms, had no hair, and was like a grayish brown color. He avoided the creature and he remembered hearing someone say, code blue, grab a crash cart. Then he proceeded out of body to go down the hospital corridor, and he went into a waiting room where he saw a Mexican family gathered around each other and crying. And the next thing he remembers, he was in an all-white room, and he heard a female voice that was unfamiliar to him telling him that he could leave then if he wanted to, but it wasn't really his time, But if he decided to go back, that he would have an entire new life. This happened on October the twenty ninth, nineteen ninety six. So this happened approximately two months before our first date and the beginning of his new life. So, and after that, he started having abilities that he didn't hear, he didn't have before. He could see things occasionally that you know he wasn't able to see before. Like when we first got together, I was over at his house and I saw. Not a real, like, live black cat, but a spirit of a black cat rushed through the hallway. And I said, It looks like you've got a black cat in the house. And he goes, You see it too? And he was so relieved that someone else had seen this because he just thought, you know, he was seeing things or maybe there was some damage or something that was causing him to see things that weren't there. One thing that's important that I want to talk about regarding everything which I haven't even touched on everything but about all of my experiences encounter and encounters is that I struggle every day regarding whether or not any of this is real and it was really bad back in 2017 and I don't struggle as much now but it really feels like you're kind of losing your mind in a way and I even went and had a complete psychological assessment done at my own request. I've seen psychologists, psychiatrists, and none of them think I have any type of delusional disorder. I'm definitely not schizophrenic. Um, the psychiatrist I saw totally believes everything that I've shared with them regarding these events. I've looked for other possible uh, reasons why I might be experiencing these, experiencing these things if they're not. Um, related to extraterrestrials or other dimensional beings. And I know that holographic technologies, like the one I saw blue represented with, with blue, um, as a blue hologram next to my desk, holographic technologies date back to 1947. So we've had those for a while. Voice to skull technology, like the telepathy that I experienced, the first successful voice-to-skull transmission took place in 1974, so we have that technology. Mind-reading technology, um, there was a press release by Columbia University, and they confirmed in 2019 that mind-reading technologies exist. So how long have they existed before this release by Columbia University? So I ask myself every day, am I really in contact with with aliens or, or other dimensional beings Or am I part of some type of experiment that, without my consent or knowledge, causes me to have these experiences? But if I am, then, you know, they've been following me since childhood. And not only can they read my mind, they can create illusions. They can create them in ways that other people can experience them. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's real or if it's something that's been created that I and other people experience and if it is being created then why why would a group of us have these experiences is it because we are have somehow broken through and we're trying to figure out that this is merely something created on earth or maybe we're just having experiences I I don't know the answer to that but I know that I struggle with it constantly not a day goes by I wake up thinking about it I go to sleep thinking about it trying to figure out the source of my experiences and so far I don't have any answers
2: What you've just said there is important because a lot of people do struggle with their own experiences
3: Right um you know my father had um, a UFO sighting when I was uh, before I was born and I didn't get any details from him because I really I really wasn't interested in UFOs so I wish I would have now, but uh, I just didn't. But I know that these kinds of things tend to run in families.
2: In some cases, yes, and they do and can affect several members of a family.
3: I do have more information on um, I've started um, a blog and I I sent you the the link to it. So I have more information there. And as I remember things or as I have time to write things down, I'll be doing that and adding to it. But You know, I tried to get as much up as I could before this recording. So
2: where can the listeners find your blog, Chloe?
3: If you want to read more information about my experiences, you can go to com.
2: I will put a link in the description below. Chloe does go into a lot more detail of her encounters there.
3: And that's my story.
2: I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your experiences today. It's been a pleasure.
3: Thank you, Nick, for having me. Thank you.
2: Well, that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, give us a quick share as it really helps me to reach more people and witnesses. And I will be back next Friday. Stay safe and have a great weekend.
1: The man I know won't fight for gold That she was right We both sat on her horse Late at night She always said it'd be you